The NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are now presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a free extra $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. Also worth mentioning, I believe they won the poll bet. They had Alex Bowman, uh, Bowman, who they mentioned, I believe at 14-1, to 15-1. to 1. So they're already kind of in a good rhythm, and you can get their actual bets on the official Daytona 500 uh, because it's on Sunday, if you didn't know that. And welcome, everybody, to the NBA Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gam Podcast Network. I'm your host, host, yeah, that's right, uh, Scott Reichel here uh, in the driver's seat this time. And I'm joined by, of course, SGPN's own Delonte. And we're going to go through the very, very limited NBA card on Thursday. Uh, you got three games, so I hope they're all quality. I hope that nobody sits out, but who knows. But Delonte, how's it going with you? I know it's a little bit different having me open the show. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, it doesn't throw everything too far off. Nah, man, it's pretty good. Uh, just kind of this weird stretch during um, during All-Star break where you kind of don't know if teams have already kind of took their break already or um, we've seen Josh Richardson get tossed like within two minutes of him being in the game uh, against the Lakers. So, uh, maybe he was ready to start his all-star break early. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's kind of just you got to pick your spots and, and see who's really motivated and, and who's not. But it might be more of an in-game uh, wagering type of night. But, uh, yeah, other other than that, man, hopefully we can find some kind of winners here. Yeah, and I know that when we were talking – you just mentioned in-game wagers. Uh, that definitely helped cash my lock because I had the Pacers. Uh, minus two and a half or minus three. I know the line ship, uh, shifted mid-show. Mm-hmm. And uh, never in doubt, uh, they trailed by 24 in the first half. And then Chicago happened again. And the Pacers came back and they won by four. Uh, shout out to Chicago or Levine for airballing that three-pointer and then not fouling with like four seconds left. So nice win by Indiana to come from behind. Embarrassing loss by Chicago. But what else is new? I mean, yeah. that's just kind of par for the course. Besides that, uh, looking at everything else, you kind of mentioned uh, a second ago that some teams or players might have started their offseason early. I don't think Richardson will be invited to Utah. <laughs> so I might have to buy some tickets, but I do want to ask you about one of the games that was supposed to be one of the biggest games last night that turned out to be a little bit of a dud. It was that Mavericks and Nuggets game. Yeah. Can you explain to me why Kyrie didn't play? Like it's the it's the final game before the All Star break. You're off for a week. Why is Kyrie getting the game off? Yeah, I, I mean it's just Kyrie, man. Nothing ever surprised me with him. Um, honestly, I was on uh, Dallas thinking that he would play, and I think um, Terrell and I, I reading, were as well. But yeah, I was reading some uh, some stuff earlier in the day that was saying that uh, Aaron Gordon was iffy on playing, so he was more so like forty sixty. Uh, 40% to play. I mean, to not, yeah, to play and then 60% not to play. So I thought that six, I got six. So I thought six was a good bargain. Um, I seen that Kyrie was on the injury report, but I mean, you know, I thought it was just whatever. Like everybody's on the injury report nowadays. So he's played I didn't look too much games. into it. He's played two games with the team. Like I, it wasn't yeah. a back to back either. I, I just thought that was a bit bizarre. I, I didn't expect- even see anything. Ha- what happened to his shoulder? Was it his shoulder? Uh, I don't know. He got injured when I guess he turned over the ball in the final three seconds against Minnesota the other night. But yeah, I no, actually, I, I don't know. I mean, he had 26 points in the fourth quarter. 
of the last quarter he played in. And now he's too injured to play before the All-Star break. Uh, it's not really a, a roast of Kyrie, because I'm sure a lot of it's just dictated by the actual medical staff of the team. But load management's just a problem. And I don't know how you really have anybody sitting the game before the All-Star break. Like, Derek right, White you, has a hole in his eardrum. He's bleeding from his teeth. And he's just like, yeah, I got one more game before the All-Star break. It's like, really? That was that was crazy. That was I crazy. respect it. But that's the point. It's just like some players, I guess, are fine with having that chip on their shoulder and playing through some pain or discomfort. And then you have others who just decided beforehand, I don't feel like playing tonight. And I guess Kyrie or the medical staff thought that it wasn't worth it, and they decided not to. I think it's stupid. I don't really know why you would. I mean, you're 31 and 29 now. It's not like you're in a high seed in the West. But either way, uh, Denver won that game. Uh, Dallas put up an effort in the fourth quarter, but the game was kind of lopsided. I thought they were going to get there. Yeah, it looked close for a bit, but then Jokic basically just went nuts assist-wise in the second half, and he finished with a triple-double. Only attempted nine shots because it's Jokic. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Junior was good at five threes, and uh, you had Green off the bench who had 24. So shout out to Jeff Green. Uh, old head still getting it done there with 24 points off the bench. Uh, any other takeaways you have? Because I know that as a Knicks fan, you had a pretty good game last night as you absolutely destroyed the Hawks. No, no, no. I'm not. That's that's real. That's a Knicks fan. I'm a Lakers fan. Oh, sorry. I thought that you were also rooting for the Knicks. No, no, no. no. But, you but you I defended do... R.J. Barrett, so I thought oh, that you were, yeah, you know. Yeah. No, well, well, I do uh, I do root for uh, the Knicks when I'm betting on them. But I knew that, I, I knew that have... Terrell was a Knicks fan. Come on, man. you got to yeah, give him more credit I, than that. I just yeah. know that you've defended R.J. before, yeah, and I yeah, thought I only true Knicks fans would defend yeah, R.J. Nah, man, point, nah. I just, I, I just, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a R.J. Now, some of that has has detracted since then. But, um, yeah, I thought the Knicks looked good last night, man. Um, I mean, Brunson is – it's paying off. I know uh, me and Terrell talked about it on the last show um, about how some people had it all wrong and thinking, I mean, I mean, how, how confident are we in the Knicks organization? So, I mean, you know, people had the right to, to question them, but. um, Well, Jalen Brunson was so good and the Knicks were so high on him that they tampered in order to get him. So just right, that in right. mind, you know, I mean, it was just a foregone conclusion. Once his name was in the free agency, his, his dad's there. Like, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science to figure out what happened, but um, nothing else really caught my eye except for I seen somebody in the chat was talking about Houston. I mean, they're just I don't know what they're doing. And I seen Silas saying uh, something about Jabari, like he's not trying hard or something. But then he yeah, because he's the reason why you lost by thirty seven points. Right, and he, he was say, he okay. was saying like how he doesn't draw anything up for Jabari. He was basically like slandering Jabari, and then he goes, but he still got a young and bright future. I'm like, what the hell? Like they got to get him out of there. I don't think Silas is a good coach. I've said yeah, this for years. He hasn't. Yeah, they get it for I, his dad. It's pretty difficult to peak as a head coach in your first like five games with the franchise. If you remember when John Wall and the Rockets started off like two years ago decently, yeah, and everyone's yeah. like, "Does Utah like this uh, Houston team? Like, are they not terrible?" And then they lost immediately like seventeen of their next eighteen yeah. games, and they completely yeah, that. punted it. But that team's horrible. I'm especially salty about the result last night in that Rockets game because a couple of weeks ago, I uh, live bet the Thunder on the money line against the Rockets, and they lost. And they've played two times since then, and the Thunder have won by 37-plus points in each of the two meetings. So I'm especially annoyed at how that played itself out. But Houston is an AAU team. That's basically what they are. Uh, They don't play any defense offensively. They really don't have much. You know, it's a bad sign when you're missing Kevin Porter Jr. And he's got talent, but he doesn't guard anybody either. But Houston is 
this has to be rock bottom, right? I mean, you're just looking at the results here. He got buried by Philly. He got buried by the Thunder for the second time in like two-plus weeks. You've lost seven straight. The season basically ended on that foul call against the Aaron Fox when you had a game one, and then they called that foul. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That That would have been a nice win. Maybe you would have had a parade at that point. (laughs) That might have been one of the last wins you're getting for the rest of the year. But At this rate, man, Munaf might need to go and try out, see if he can get a jersey on. Munoz just chilling though, because you know he has the Rockets' first pick in the in the draft, which could be Wemby. They have the Nets' first round pick, so you know the future is fine, I guess, for Houston. But that's the problem when you're kind of embracing a tank indirectly, as you try to let your young star players do their thing with no consequences whatsoever. You don't have any depth at all, and I get that's part of the tanking process. But they are a miserable team to watch. Yeah, they, they are. are horrible yeah, they are. to watch. Like I don't know why. I don't. Know, I get that Houston Rockets fans probably go to games because tickets are probably four dollars, <laughs> or it's that classic uh, like joke or meme where somebody broke into my car and I had oh, yeah. one Rockets tickets and they left seven. Like <laughs> yeah. it could be one of those situations because I don't know why anyone would go to a Rockets game unless you go to see the other team star player for like ten bucks. Yep, that that's a miserable team. And that's not how you should be rebuilding an organization. But I'm not gonna spend, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go that far into the Rockets. I I have to at least mention it. They lost by 37. They lost by 37. They lost by 37 plus to the same team. And it's not like the Thunder are a playoff team. They might be, but they're not. Like that's also a play-in team. Yeah, like a play-in team. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have to wonder if, you know, they might potentially punt the second half. I doubt it, but we'll see. We've seen the Thunder... Give Shea a paid vacation for about two yeah. months on occasion. <laughs> Man, he's got to be furious about that. He's got. I think be he has to be. But yeah. I'm trying to think of any other games to really talk about. Philly was up by a bunch. Then you almost had a Doc Rivers special, but they held on to cover and they yeah. won. But they almost blew a 28 point lead, which was a bit rough. What uh, was that, that line movement in that game? They they opened two and a half, and then they got bet down to like pick, and then they got bet back up to two. It's like all over the place. I know MB was on the injury report, but I mean he's always on the injury report. So I'm assuming that was the case. I even saw Cleveland like minus one and a half in the middle of the right. afternoon. So right. I some teams you can tell when it's going to be just sharp line movement and when the sharps are all over a side. But when it comes to certain players and certain teams, like the Clippers, for example, or the Sixers, or the Heat. It really just all comes down to the injury report. So if somebody thought they had inside information on Embiid not playing, then they ended up getting an ass kicking last night. But I'm trying yeah, to guess much. why the line moved that much. Yeah, I didn't I'm get assuming that. it was because of Embiid injury theories during the afternoon. Oh yeah, one thing we forgot to bring up, man. Your Nets. What about what about? I, I was Mikhail going Rivers? to bring them up. I was saving 45. them for last. Yeah, yeah, I was saving them for points. last. Uh, but yeah, to go through that one, uh, Brooklyn Bridges over there with uh, there 45 go. points against the Heat last night. I didn't know he could do that, and I watched the entire thing. I was watching the game, and Bridges took over the entire second half. He had like 17 in the first half, you know, very solid number. You assume it's going to regress. You're assuming Miami's going to focus in on him and try to force somebody else to beat them. And Bridges just took over the third quarter, like the second half of the third quarter and the first part of the fourth quarter. And I'm think- I'm watching the game with my dad, and I'm thinking like, yeah, what does Bridges have, like? 32, like 35, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm keeping some tabs, but he only made four threes. So it wasn't like he went nuts from behind the arc. Right. And my dad's like, no, I'm pretty sure he is 45. I'm like, wait a second. What? He's yeah. I'm watching the whole game. I didn't even realize. And my dad's like, no, he is 45. And then a minute later, Ian Eagle is just talking about how bridges with the career high 45 points. I'm like, 
Miami, what the hell are you doing? Like right. you have forty-five points to Mikael Bridges, but a, a good defensive, a good decent defensive team in Miami too. Yeah, and Bridges also had a couple of blocks, and they were, it looked like Butler was completely disinterested the entire game. I don't know if you watched any bit of it. Uh, I watched the first, uh, I think the first half of it. Um, I thought it was it was going back and forth in the first half. It was a really good game. I, I got sidetracked in in some college stuff, but it was, and the Nets just couldn't miss a three pointer in the right. fourth quarter, and that kind of wrapped it up. The game was over in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, basically. But just I looked at Jimmy Butler. I know that I talked about his rebound prop. Uh, I thought that he would rebound well. I think he had zero defensive rebounds in like the first three quarters. Like wow. that can't happen. Yeah, no he had one rebound right? with like an offensive rebound, but. It looked like Butler really just didn't care. And I think he had like 11, 2, and 4, like halfway through the fourth quarter. And I'm just like, you got to do better than that. Like, I don't know what Butler was doing. But, yeah, Miami is a team that's meh. Hero didn't play, so they were kind of limited offensively. And the Nets, this team isn't, of course, as good as the Durant team, but I like them, man. I like them a lot. I I mean, they're feisty. I'm not picking them to win a playoff series. I think they could bring – a Philly team or I don't think Boston or Milwaukee, but I think they could take a pretty good Eastern conference team to seven. If they get anybody other than those, if they get anybody other than those two, I think they'll push them. I think, I think they'll push them. Definitely. They'll, they'll be like, what if they get the, what if it's Brooklyn and New York? Is that possible? Can they realistically that involves the Knicks or the Nets making a hell of a run. So in theory, it's possible because there's still about 20 something games left, but in reality, no, the Knicks and the Nets are probably going to compete for the sixth spot. Yeah, okay. And I'm assuming that whoever is the odd man out has got to be the last or the first play-in team, so to speak. All right, but so they can't get to 4-5. I doubt think it. they can get to 4-5? I'm assuming it's possible because, you know, you still got 20-something games left, but let's put that parlay at, like, plus 9,000. Like, yeah. I don't think it's happening. But I think the Nets, if they match up against the Sixers, we just saw them play. They can't stop Embiid. But I do think they could give problems to Harden in the playoff series. And we know Doc Rivers late in games. We just saw it yesterday. His teams get a little bit too uh, happy with early leads, and they don't exactly secure them. And the fourth-quarter offense is always horrible with Doc Rivers. So I think the Nets could take Philly to a seven-game series. Would I pick them to win the series? No. I think eventually Embiid would just have his way, and they'd win game seven at home. But the Nets aren't going to be a pushover. That's yeah, yeah, point. that's that's what I, that's that's my main uh, thing. They're they're going to cover some numbers, especially if they're against some of those bigger. Like if they fall down to you know to play in and get in and play, you know Boston, Milwaukee, they'll they'll be competitive. They'll be competitive covering those big numbers. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out quickly to the unsung hero gambling wise last night because I mentioned him. I mentioned Kelly Olynyk double double, and he had twenty eight fourteen and six. I did not expect him to put up. <laughs> Uh, you know, Gonzaga-like those type of numbers. numbers. <laughs> yeah, I did not expect that. But shout out to Kelly Olynyk for making me look smart for once by putting up 28, 14, and 6. But And Utah for covering again as an underdog. So thanks for that. But anyway, uh, I think you're ready to move on to the card or you want to cover anything for All-Star Week or whatever. Because this is the last episode, I believe, until All-Star Weekend. And unless we're doing an All-Star Weekend special, I know last week uh, or last year we did it. I think we might. I'm still really annoyed that Shaden Sharp's not in the dunk contest. That's really the main <laughs> yeah. thing I'm annoyed at. Right. Are what what happened with him though? I, I didn't. I didn't even read. I, I seen it, but I didn't read about like why he wasn't. From what I gathered, he initially accepted, and he would have been the huge favorite. I would have bet it. I mean, right. Sharp, I assumed was just going to win the dunk contest, but then I heard he was snubbed from the USA World Game or the 
new edition of the rookie soft, whatever the hell you want to call it. Why, is, call why it. isn't he though? I mean, I don't know. They just thought he wasn't worth it. I don't know. They just decided not weird. to bring him. And Sharp said, if you if you don't want me there, screw it. I'm not showing up to dunk. I, I kind of respect it in a way. Yeah, if that's he, the case, I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. He's a top 10 pick. Like, I don't care if his yeah. role on the team wasn't as prominent as he would hope for. He has been better lately. Yeah. He's a top 10 pick. Like, you should probably throw him in the contest. That's all I'm I saying. I mean, but. Who, the hell, who the hell else is going to join the dunk contest willingly? Uh, Matt McClung. Oh, yeah. Uh, you said willingly. So they got yeah. a guy who's not even on NBA roster who's in the contest. Yeah. But I would have picked Sharp. But anyway, that's kind of the main upsetting piece of all-star weekend for me i was excited for the dunk contest for about a week just because of shade and sharp and now he's not in it and i gotta watch jericho sims so it's <laughs> what the be hell is jericho sims gonna do um every now and then you see a center actually have a good performance i know javel mcgee won it dwight howard won it jericho sims has hops but i can't imagine him doing like a 360 between the legs dunk i feel like he's just gonna be a power tomahawk guy yeah. And he can barely catch he can barely catch uh lob passes. Yeah, it's gonna be bad when they bring on a guest to throw him a lob and they're gonna have to try it a couple of times. But the point is Sims, he's got a big he's got a lot of vertical. I'm not sure the creativity's there and the mm-hmm. power dunks, they kind of died with like Jason Richardson or like Jason Richardson, even, one of the most underrated dunk contest dunkers and in-game dunkers. Actually. And he was a mix because he also had the between the legs. He had the off the mm-hmm. backboard between the legs like 10 years before it was popular. Like I th- He's probably my favorite dunk contest dunker of all time. Levine's, yeah. of course, up there or whatever. But yeah. the point is he also had some power dunks. You don't really have get that many guys have success doing power dunks. I don't think Sims has a shot in hell to win the dunk contest, but I don't know who does, to be honest with you. Like, I don't yeah. I'm I probably going to really throw know. some... I probably might throw some money on Matt McClung just just for the hell of it. Just because they got a ringer in there, and you're just hoping that he gets it. He gets it done. I still yeah. think that they should bring in an actual dunk contest specialist. Bring in Kilgannon. Bring in like Guy Dupuis. Any of these guys. Just bring in a ringer and just throw him in against any of the NBA players who are having the contest. Or Seriously. a fun idea. You have like a money in the bank idea from WWE, where the guy wins the actual contest. And then there's like boss music or something, and another dunker runs out of the tunnel <laughs> and he tries to steal the belt at the last minute. I they think that would be a pretty cool man. idea. You got to at least spice it up. Imagine that you actually had that, where it's like you win this dunk contest, you're celebrating with the trophy, and you hear music come out, and John Morant pops out for like a last second oh, like yeah. dunk contest round. They should write me to come up with some ideas for the creative department. I think that's a hell of an idea. Yeah, so, somebody, man. But I think the, I mean, the most exciting thing that has been for the All Star Weekend has been the rookie sophomore game and the three point shootout. Those have been the highlights of All Star Weekend for me, at least. I mean, I thought you were going to say the uh, Antetokounmpo brothers running it back for their skills competition <laughs> oh, run there. But I, I, they take that shit serious, man. A lot, a lot really of do. a lot of people don't. They take it like Giannis is trying to win. Like, I mean, I would take it seriously. You got one and a half players in the league out of that brother core. I mean, yes. his brother's not in it, I don't think. And you have Thanasis, who is a hell of a cheerleader on the bench. But yeah, his other brother's yeah. in the G League, right? Uh, yeah, I think he was um, G League the G League? from the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, but I'm saying he's still he's still in the G League, I think, right? Yeah, 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 he is, yeah. Okay, but I'm trying to remember if we even have a, an All-Star Weekend episode for tomorrow. I think we do. I think Terrell and I will be back for that, but I, yeah, we do. I guess we're going to cover All-Star MVP odds and like <laughs> Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. But you kind of don't know who's on each other's, like, on the team because they, they pick right before the game, right? 
Uh, yes. And I also yeah. heard that Embiid might drop. And Embiid said in an interview yesterday that he doesn't feel that great. So he's probably, he might not go. So you might have an additional guy replacing him. I don't know if that's a center or if that means Brunson will finally be an all-star. I don't know what the story is. So just keep that in mind. Embiid might not be there. How many of these star players that are injured are actually injured? And how many just don't want to go to Utah for a weekend? I'd say 80-20. I'm just saying, you got to remember, this is in Utah. I don't think there's many nightclubs in Utah. They got a tabernacle, but they don't have a nightclub. So that's not a good ratio if you want to have fun for a weekend. But I I just wonder. I never thought about going to Utah in my life, ever. It's got to be miserable, though. Last two years, you go to Cleveland and Utah. Jesus. That's got to be rough. Where's it next year? I I don't know. Uh, Hopefully in a better place than Utah. Uh, This should just happen in Vegas every year. First of all, I apologize to people from Utah, but I don't believe that gambling is actually legal in your state, so I don't know why you'd be watching this show. But, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly thrilled in going to Utah. My dad told me yesterday that apparently Utah is very big ski country. Yeah. Would not have known that ever. <laughs> I would not have ever guessed that Utah was a big ski place. So that tells you what I know about Utah. Yeah, man. It's uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll go down there one day do, do a live show. Indianapolis next year, by the way. Oh, fuck. Well, three years in a row. I mean, I guess uh, Indiana might have legal sports betting, though. So you know, yeah, I mean, I guess they're know. closer to chi- they're closer to Chicago, right? It's not not a far of a drive. There's some stuff there. Utah's got nothing unless you're driving to Vegas and back, or you're flying to Vegas and back in between. But <laughs> that might knows? be what they do. Might be. But anyway, Terrell and I will be breaking down the All Star Game stuff over the week uh, over the weekend uh, tomorrow. So yeah. I wasn't sure if we would. I'm still waiting on celebrity odds. I'm sure that Terrell can find some for the celebrity MV for the celebrity all-star game, which I used to occasionally watch on ESPN. But anyway, uh, to move on to the actual games for today's card, uh, looking at the Bucks and the Bulls, the Bucks are, well, probably going to be at full strength, but you don't exactly know because Giannis did injure his knee in the fourth quarter of the Celtics game. Didn't look good, and he's likely to play. It's the last game before All-Star break, so maybe he does suit up. But am I wrong for thinking there's actually a decent chance Giannis doesn't play in this game? Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, um, then again, it is Giannis, and he just like defies all odds of players actually wanting to play and playing hard. So I wouldn't doubt it. Um, it just depends on how it depends on how motivated he is. I mean, they didn't play well against Boston. So I'm assuming that they want to come out and, you know, in the all-star weekend on a high note, I mean, granted they've won 11 straight, but you know, I think they would want to come out and, and prove a point to a Bulls team who I think they just gave up like almost 80 points in the second half to the Pacers. I know you covered that earlier. Bulls are also two and zero against the Bucks this season. They've actually given Milwaukee problems. Yeah, they have, they're, uh, they, they've won and covered the last three. Actually. Uh, so. Yes. I mean, if you want to go back to the playoff series mm-hmm. last year, they did win a game, and the Bucks killed them in five. It was a gentleman's sweep. But this year, Chicago's giving them problems, but they aren't a back-to-back. DeRozan might be back in the lineup. I see him listed as questionable, leaning towards likely to play. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. It is a thigh injury, so I don't know how effective he's going to be. But uh, you have Crowder, who's still not playing. You have Portis, who's still out. Connaughton's out. But I feel like it comes down to Giannis. My question for you is Chicago on a back-to-back. They have completely fallen apart. They've lost five straight, including that massive choke job against Indiana last night. Now they're traveling from Indiana to Chicago. Not a long travel, but still it's a back-to-back. Yeah. Where are you going with this one? Because eight points seems like a lot for Milwaukee against a team they're 0-2 against. But Chicago's been a disaster. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I was leaning to Milwaukee simply because I, I think they were trying to prove. I think they're going to try to prove a point and end the season on a on a higher note than what they did in that performance against Boston and uh, I guess that G League team. Well, I, I won't. I don't want to disrespect Boston. Call it a, a G League team, but they're they're B minus team. I would say. Call them um, a C minus team. So yeah, yeah okay. The same there we go. There we go. C minus. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I'm leaning to Milwaukee. I haven't played it yet. I mean, the Bulls five game losing streak in that span. Zero and five. ATS, they do play better as a dog. Uh, 16 and 12 at home, ATS, and 19 and 14 as a dog. And we mentioned they won and covered the last three matchups. The thing that's the thing that bothers me is the Bulls are like trash offensively. Mm. In the last 10 games, 29th in offensive rating. And I mean, overall, they're 24th in offensive rating, but they do play good defense. So, like, I'm not sure how effective they can be in stopping Giannis if he's at full strength because, I mean, he had 45, 22, and 7 in the last matchup. They, they're, like, <laughs> horrible. 45, 22, and 7 is so Yeah, like, they're, they're, like, right. horrible at defending the rim. Um, what are they supposed to do? They got Valanciunas and Drummond. They got no hope of stopping yeah. Giannis. I mean, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I just don't trust the Bulls' offense to score enough to be able to, to cover the number. Um, so I'm leaning Milwaukee. It's not nothing – this is not anything that I'm, you know, excited to play, but if I get some more news on um, on Giannis and that he's going to be like a full go, I'll probably I'll probably lay a half unit um, on Milwaukee to cover. I mean, Milwaukee's defense is elite. Uh, they have been struggling offensively as well, 22nd in offensive rating. Uh, they dominate the glass. Mm, they're first in defensive rating in, in the last ten games. Uh, allowed under 110 points in three of the last five. So, like I said, man, it's just. It doesn't bode well spot wise and matchup wise for um, for the Bulls, so I'm leaning to Milwaukee, but uh, I like the total a little bit better. So I know we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, I'm trying to look at player props. You might be tempted by Giannis. You can make an argument for any player prop because he's Giannis, and Chicago has never been able to stop him. If you want to pivot and you're a little bit scared about Giannis being below 100, you maybe could pivot to something Drew Holiday related because Holiday had had 40 piece yep. last game against Boston. You can take the points, maybe the threes. If you want to go for assists for Holiday, it's at six and a half. To look at his last couple of games against Chicago, six, six, seven, nine, and eleven. So he has had some pretty good assist numbers, uh, but it seems like six and a half is really where it should be. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can go for a double double on Drew if you think that he might just be more of a, of a facilitator in this game. I want to ask you about the potential home run prop here because it's a big price with Giannis being below one hundred percent and maybe being a bit more passive because he won't be able to have as much explosiveness going to the rim as he usually does. As he 10 to 1 on Giannis triple double, do you think he pivots a little bit and maybe passes more if he's not able to get downhill as easily? Well, that's one of the things that I like about um uh, about this game is I mean, Giannis, I don't know if you know, he averages more assists than Drew Holiday. And over yeah. the last 5 games, he's averaged 8 assists per game. So, like I think that he And you know the does, rebounds are free. So Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like so the top 5 in in defensive and offensive rebound percentage. So uh, I don't, I'm not worried about the rebound. He can get 10 points. Just he can get 10 points in his sleep. So, yeah, I, I kind of like that. Uh, I'm actually on his uh, points, rebounds, and assists. So I guess, you know, uh, I guess conversely, I have to be somewhat interested in in the triple double number. Um, but yeah, I do think that uh, he does pivot a lot to to passing and, and spotting up guys. So I like that a lot. Uh, what's the price on that? Uh, so Giannis triple doubles 10 to one. You oh, can yeah. get his assist oh, yeah. number at five and a half at roughly minus one forty. They, they raised his they raised his assist number. It was it used to be four and a half, five. I was betting it like every game. Yeah, but I'm looking at the last couple of games against Chicago, last three games, seven assists, seven assists, seven assists. 
And one of those games had 24 minutes in it. So Giannis has not had a triple-double against Chicago in each of the last seven meetings, but he also has had some minute restriction games where he was close because they were up by so much. He had a 29-12-8 game in 28 minutes on in uh, 2021. He had an 18-9-7 game against them in um, April of 2022, but he only played 24 minutes. So he hasn't had a triple-double in a while against Chicago, but if he plays a decent amount of minutes, I think that there is a decent game script there. He was yeah. close against Portland a couple games ago, and then he got into foul trouble and he only played 24 minutes. But I think Giannis triple-double maybe is worth a look if you want to go for a long-shot parlay. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I'm on his points, rebounds, and assists already, but uh, I'll definitely throw a little something on that as well. Okay, and for the side, you said you're leaning to Milwaukee. For yeah, I'm leaning total, to Milwaukee. It's around 230, give or take, uh, to track the line movement on the total in this game. There has been money towards the under. It opened up at 230.5. Now it's at 229.5 in most spots. I do see 230 at win bet. Uh, just to ask, I'm going to lean to the under. It is a nationally te- uh, it is a national TV game, though, and my overtrend's been very good ever since I mentioned it. Even last night on the ESPN games, I believe the games went over, or at least one of them did. Uh, what's your thoughts on the total in this one? Yeah, I like the total under uh, a lot. Um, Milwaukee's allowed under 110 points in three of the last five games, and in those five games, three have went under. Uh, I mentioned the Bulls playing horrible offensively, but defensively, They've been pretty good, uh, allowing 106.8 points per game uh, in the last um, five games. So pretty good defensively. They uh, they still rank top three in offensive rating in the last 10 games. And they what what they do is with DeRozan, if DeRozan's back in, then I kind of like it a lot more being that he'll be able to at least put a body on, on Drew Holiday and, and help out with him. So – I like it a little bit more with DeRozan in. Uh, with him out, it's going to be kind of tough for for them to guard uh, Holiday in the post with Kobe White and uh, what's what's the other guard they have? Um, not Caruso, the son, but the, the other Sunwoo. Who? You're on the Sunwoo. Sumo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sumo. Yeah, the Sumo. So, yeah, I, I like the under a lot. Uh, you know, both teams play extremely good defense, and uh, even the Bulls, man, they failed to score 103 of the last five games. They only scored above 110 once in that span. Uh, they even like barely scored ninety, barely scored ninety in two of the five games. So and then ninety one against Orlando. I, I yeah, mentioned a so, lot of these numbers uh, last episode uh, because yeah, so, I gave out Indiana as my lock, but uh, Chicago is horrible. <laughs> They're yeah, really, man, really horrible. bad. Yeah, so I lean to the under. Uh, the only thing that scares me is that Milwaukee scores like one forty, and you know we get a blowout potential, and and the Bulls come in and they just start chucking up threes late, and, and it gets over, but. I think Milwaukee's good enough to, to hold the Bulls, you know, somewhere between that 100 to 106 range. So uh, I'm leaning to the under. I actually like the under a lot more um, than the side. Yeah, I'm leaning to the under as well. Uh, Chicago's on a back-to-back with travel. I mentioned it before, so fatigue could be an issue. Their team total is 110.5. That's probably my favorite uh, lean in this game. I'd probably just yeah. go with the Bulls' team total under because if this game's going under, Milwaukee's defense is going to show up. And you're mm-hmm. hoping – after they gave up basically 130 points to Boston's C-minus squad, they're motivated to play good defense in this game. So there might be a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to beat a team that they've lost to twice this season, and they just had one of their worst defensive games of the season based on their opponent. I think Milwaukee shows up defensively, so I like the under as well, and I am going to go with the Bulls team total under. Um, But looking at a quick player prop that was mentioned in the comments section, LG wants to know if I like Drew Holiday rebounds over five and a half, maybe parlay it with Giannis five and a half assists. 
Well, you know, I like Giannis five and a half assists already. I'll only pull up Holiday's numbers rebounding wise recently. I know he's been pretty good at rebounding, but I just want to actually see yeah, uh, how he's done numbers wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, five, seven, four, five, four and a half. I think I'm going to pass. He's gone over uh, one time in uh, the last six games, and he had five last game. He played 43 minutes. Uh, just yeah. to pull up his numbers, though, against uh, Chicago uh, once again. I didn't look at rebounds the first time. Yeah, maybe uh, a Drew favorable Bar- matchup, though. It is a favorable matchup, but I have to at least point out his numbers against Chicago rebounding-wise, 5-6-0-8-4-2-1-3. So he has not done that well rebounding. I think I'm going to stay away from that one. I do like Giannis' assists, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to pass on the holiday rebounds. Yeah, I see Maddie uh, was uh, giving some Utah love. He's saying Utah's a nice place. I'm not saying that's not a nice place. I'm just saying when you're an NBA all-star making millions and millions of dollars, I doubt you want to take a flight to Utah during your off time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. I didn't say it's not nice. I just said NBA players would rather be in probably 40 other states than Utah. <laughs> yeah. You're that's kind of my point. Maybe 45. Whatever has a nightclub. I don't think Utah has any nightclubs. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of my point. But anyway, uh, moving on to uh, – do you have anything else you want to talk about for this game or you want to just move on? No, we pretty much hit it. Uh, just like, I like Giannis, um, points, rebounds, and assists. It's uh, over the number. It, the last number I checked was 46 and a half. I think the points scare me off, though, because I do wonder if he's not going to be able to get as much explosiveness on his drives because of the injury. And that's why I think he might not play. The injury didn't look great. Now, he stayed in the game because it was an overtime game and he stuck it out, but – I do wonder if he will be a bit more passive. And if Giannis only goes for 25 points, then are you screwed? Possibly. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I feel like and a half. I'm sorry. I said the yeah, wrong that's what one. I'm saying. So you basically need him to go for 30 and change. Yeah. So 50, 52 and a half. I like it over. He's over in eight in the last 10. Um, you know, I, I do get that. Uh, you know, he might take a, a backseat to some scoring stuff, but all in all, still Giannis. He could go out and have twenty and twenty in the first half with, against the yeah. Bulls, but yeah, that's the one. That's one play that I like a lot as far as player pop rise. Otherwise, the Bulls. I was looking at some Bulls stuff, but with the Rosen being ruled not ruled in just quite yet, it's it's hard to see you know some of the stuff on them. But uh, if if the Rosen's ruled in, I like Levine under. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Levine had a had a solid game last mm-hmm. night. They lost anyway. Yep. Uh, but anyway, moving on to. Shout out to Kobe White, by the way, who almost killed me by having like 25 points. Yeah, it was, hey, he was phenomenal Kobe, last night. He North Carolina legend, Kobe White, man. Uh, I, I Let's just say I liked players more at Carolina than Kobe White. He was a bit <laughs> indecisive at times, and he forced a lot of stuff. But he, yeah, he's got talent. Can't deny yeah. it, but he looked really good last night. But anyway, moving into the uh, middle game that nobody cares about. It's the Wizards game against the Timberwolves. Uh, you're looking at the actual spread and total in this game. And... Not a surprise that you have a somewhat close spread with Minnesota being favored at home. Minnesota's laying three over under is 234 and a half. And the money line price is roughly Minnesota minus 145, minus 150. And Washington's around plus 130, give or take. Uh, This is the second meeting of the season. The first meeting had a ton of points and no defense whatsoever. As the first meeting, I believe, landed in the 270s. Uh, let me just pull this up quickly. Atlanta, 269. I'm going to ask you, Washington's been pretty good lately. Minnesota's been hit or miss, but they have been very good at home this season. What's your thoughts on this game? Uh, it's pretty difficult because you can have issues with both teams and their consistency yep. or lack thereof. 
Yeah, uh, I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, both teams have been a little inconsistent. I can't get a read on the Wolves. Like, I have no idea. Like, if I'm on them, they lose. If I'm if I'm against them, they win. So I just mostly have been staying away from their games. But spot-wise here, I kind of like the, the Wizards. Um, they've been playing a lot better as of late. Six and four ATS the last 10. And on the road, they are pretty good. 16, 16 14, and one ATS on the road. Uh, they've actually won and covered in five straight meetings. This is like dating back to 2021. Um, offensively, they've been great uh, as of late. Fourth in offensive rating in the last 10 games. Uh, they finish at the rim. The Wolves are maybe going to be without Gobert and Kyle Anderson. Uh, I think they're still questionable right now. But I'm still a good. member of the Anderson fan club. Big fan of them. I think yeah. he's a good player. Yeah. Oh, me too. I, I love I love Kyle Anderson. Um, and I'll be on his assist if he is rooting. Um, but yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think it's a good spot for for the Wolves. I mean, they're returning home from a four game road trip. Um, I usually fade teams off of road trips unless they have like a favorable matchup. But like you said, the Wolves have been playing well. Also, six and four ATS the last ten. Um, they've been giving up a ton of points, five straight overs. Uh, they still turn the ball over a lot, 28th in turnover percentage. They can't rebound, uh, even with Gobert in the in the, in the mix. Uh, yeah, I think Washington can get it done here, man. I like some of the things Washington has done. They've scored 125-plus in three straight games. Um, they're Like I said, they're first in rim percentage offense, so they're going to finish at the rim. Uh, they defend the three well. I think, I think Washington gets it done here uh, on the road. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Washington has won nine of their last 13 games. Uh, the chemistry has been good with Beal and with Porzingis, and you did not mention it, but uh, as I'm sure most of you know, Kuzma did come back last game, and he played very, very well. Uh, mm-hmm. So that definitely is a nice little sneaky three-headed monster, kind of. I mean, I'm being generous with the term, but it's still a nice trio. Uh, in the first meeting, you had Gobert and Towns both active, and Porzingis still had 41 points. That's not a good sign for Minnesota's defense at all. Uh, Kuzma had 23, uh, 8, and 9, and Beal at 22. I think I'm just with you. My favorite play is the over in this game, yeah. uh, just based Likewise. on the lack of defense from both sides. Yeah. The over's actually been bed down. It opened up at 235.5. Now it's at 234.5. But the first meeting went to 269, and Minnesota has had a lot of high scoring games lately. Even Washington, they had that 260 plus point game against Golden State. And they were good against Portland defensively, but offensively they still scored 120-plus. But Minnesota defensively, last couple of games, 121 to Dallas, 128 to Memphis, 118 to Utah, but they scored 143, and they give up 146 to Denver. See how Jekyll and Hyde it is? They score 140, they give up 140. I, I, I can't figure them out. Yeah, but the point is that there's a lot of points in their game. Absolutely. So I'll look at the over, probably looking at Edwards' points because I don't know who the hell in Washington can stop him. Uh, Kuzma assists, I see franchise mentioning at around three and a half. I like that because he did very, very well uh, with the assists in the first meeting. He had nine, and I believe he did well in the assists in his first game back from uh, from injury. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how many he had. Did he have eight in that I think game? He had, I think he had like seven or eight. Uh, actually, no, I take it back. Assist-wise, he was not good. He was very good rebounding-wise. He only had two assists in the game against Portland. Nine rebounds, though. But was that, was first, last... that was the first game back? That was the first yeah, game it was the first game back. Okay, okay, I, okay. I don't know why. I thought he had more assists, but he did not. But the games before injury, he had 5-6-3-5. I don't mind that price point, especially if I'm expecting Washington to score 125 points. I think there's a lot of assists to be had. I think Kuzma's got a good game in him, either three points 
or you can go with maybe three pointers. Maybe you can just go with a PRA. I don't mind that either. Maybe just PR. I just think Kuzma's going to have a good game on the glass, and I think he'll do well scoring the ball. But I do think you'll end up seeing Kuzma play well. I see a lot of points in this game, though, so I like the over. And if I'm taking an over and D'Angelo Russell's not on the team anymore, you know I'm expecting Anthony Edwards to shoot the ball probably like 20-something times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm with you on the over. Both offenses, uh, you know, playing well. Uh, added to uh, to Washington's offense playing well, scoring 125-plus in three games. The Wolves, you mentioned, they scored 120-plus in three of the last five games, including that 140-point game uh, against who, – who was it against? against? Uh, Utah, they scored Yeah, against Utah. So I think both teams get up and down. Uh, one thing I do like more than anything in this game is the first quarter over. Wizards, mm-hmm. one of the best first quarter team, actually the best first quarter team in the NBA, 41-16 and 16 to the over in the first quarter. Nine of the last 11 have went over, and uh, six of the last 10 for the Wolves have went over in the first quarter. So I expect a lot of points, a 35-40 point quarter for either side um, in this game. So I love the first quarter over. Uh, let me get that number. I think it's 57 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I thought it would be higher than that because you have yeah. a, a – I'm assuming it's like 59 or 60 if I had to guess. Cause Actually, I got bet down. I, I, I laid – well, I bet 57 and a half last night. It's at 57 right now. Really? Okay. Yep. I, I thought it was going to be higher than that. Yeah, um, it should look, be. But... Yeah, to look at the numbers, you mentioned the trends for the over-under, but Minnesota is scoring the fourth most points per game in the first quarter. Washington scoring the fifth most. So they're two top five first quarter offenses. I like that play as well. I think that's a very good find. Uh, I'm definitely going to add that to my card. Uh, anything else you want to add for this game? Uh, are you pivoting to Nas Reed if Gobert's out? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I like some Jaden McDaniels also. Uh, I'm kind of just kind of waiting to see if Anderson's going to be ruled in uh, and Gobert both because, you know, some of those minutes have to be allocated to the lesser guys. So. Uh, kind of just a wait-and-see approach with the Minnesota props, other than Edwards. I mean, I, I think you brought up a good point about him being able to shoot the ball maybe 25, 30 times a game. Especially with Conley being game. the point guard now. Yeah. I know Conley's not exactly looking for a shot most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for the Minnesota props. But uh, the Wizards, I know the chat likes Kuzma. I, I'm probably going to be on Kuzma. And, and tough to avoid like, Kuzma when he comes back from yeah. an injury and he drops 33-9. and nine. So right. uh, I like you. You brought up Porzingis. I like him over 32 and a half uh, points and rebounds. He's went over in five of the last seven. Good matchup for him here, especially without Gobert. I mean, even with him, you know, I mean, you, you, you said the numbers with him and Towns both. So he'll be able to stretch the defense and uh, and hit some threes. So I love uh, Porzingis in this matchup. Yeah, I, I love Porzingis, too. I mentioned he had a 40 piece in the yeah. first meeting before. Uh, but looking at Jake's question, uh, Edwards has been called from three. Yes, he has. Uh, you like his 28.5 points more than the threes. I actually do. Uh, if you look at his only game against Washington this season, it was a while back. It was in uh, it was in 2022. But you're looking at that one meeting on November 28th. He had 29 points. He only went one for six from three. Uh, you're looking at the last couple of games. He had 32 against Dallas, only went one for four from three. I think that I'd rather take the points because he could get to the line a lot, and I think that's definitely going to help out. I'm assuming both go over because I think Edwards might be a, a pretty sneaky candidate for 35. If you want to maybe look at it like an alt line, or I think he's going to go for 30 at least in this game because we like the over. Yeah. I agree what do you think? That. You think he's got a shot for 40 in this game? I mean, I think he does. I mean, because it's the last game before the All Star weekend. I mean, they're returning it's a bunch home. of volume to be had with Russell yeah. not being on the team anymore. Right, and, and like you said, Mike Conley is more. He's more in a deferring role, so he's going to try to set him up to get him as many looks as possible. They don't have many offensive options on the floor. 
even you know at full strength other than Towns and, and himself. So I think Edwards should get it done a, a lot tonight. I mean, the Wizards, if I'm not mistaken, they've been susceptible to give up a lot of points to small forwards and shooting guards. I don't know if you want to kind of put Anthony Edwards in a small forward, but he's more of a shooting guard. But either way, the two and three position, uh, I think the Wizards struggle with because they don't they don't have a lot of defenders. I mean, Bradley Beal, I mean, I guess he tries if, if you want to. I don't even know if he does try, but he yeah, has so, been better this year than in past years. Yeah, so I mean – I, I don't I don't hate it. I mean, I might yeah, I might play him 35 plus just to be on the safe side. Yeah, I just think that he could be in line for a big game because yeah, so right in between that 30 and 40 mark, I'll, I'll play him 35 plus. Yeah, and Daniel's mentioning how Minnesota's terrible against the point guard in the power forward position. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, Beal, I don't know if he counts as a point guard per se, but he's going to have the ball in his hands a decent amount. So I think if you want to go for a Washington player, maybe Beal and Porzingis both have 30. It wouldn't totally shock me. Yeah, I think Bill Bill's points is at like twenty two and a half. I, I thought that was kind of, I thought it was kind of short, but you look at his numbers. Look, it, he actually has been kind of around that number for most of the season. But yeah, I like he'll have thirty. Then he'll have nineteen. Then he'll have thirty. Then he'll have sixteen. So it's kind of like up in the air. He, I mean, he's still getting back from from that injury. I mean, he's been injured like for the past two and a half years. So and Kuzma's back, so there's right. a little bit less volume, but. The last couple of games for Beal, he had 19, 33, 32, 17, 34. Right. See, so, so he has had a couple like, of he's had three 30 point games in the last five. Yeah. So. I don't I don't hate it. I mean, if we I mean, if we think it's gonna be a lot of points, I mean we both do, then I mean it, it might be multiple 25 plus scores in this game. I mean, because I'm looking yeah. at a honestly, I'm looking at a more like one twenty six, one thirty for both sides, like either side could score one twenty five to one thirty. Yeah, I think also if you want to look at some alternative numbers here, uh, Porzingis, 25-plus, is plus 110. Beal, 25-plus, is plus 120. If you want to go for 30, Beal is 3-1, to one, Porzingis is 320. I don't hate that. I don't either. Kuzma's 440, but I'm not going to take Kuzma for yeah, 30. Yeah, I, I, I don't got the numbers in front of me, but I think Beal, Porzingis, pick-and-roll action is, is one of the most effective uh, pick and roll actions in the NBA. I mean, small sample size, obviously, because um, yeah. they haven't played a lot of, of minutes together. But that's a, a lethal pick and roll um, offense with them too. Yeah. So anyway, I like player prop overs, obviously, because we like the over in the game. First quarter over, those probably gonna be my favorite play. So yeah. thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. But looking at the last game, you have a game which should be fun. Not as chippy because Beverly is not on the Clippers anymore, but it's still going to be the Clippers <laughs> against the Suns. Uh, you're looking at the Suns being a slight favorite here at home. Very close, though, so you're expecting a bit of a war here. Suns are minus one. Uh, money line's basically a pick em, and the over-under is 223. Uh, looking at the injury report, which you always have to do with Clipper games, I believe everyone should be playing in this game, uh, besides Durant, obviously. But you end up having the Clippers with basically a full team except for Probably my pick for sixth man of the year. Uh, you have Norman, Norman Powell, who's officially yes. out for yep. this game. Uh, he was very good in the la- his last couple games, so expect to see mo- more Bones Highland or mo- more uh, Terrence Mann potentially or maybe more Morris. I mean, they're going to have to try to figure out a way to replace his minutes, which is difficult to do because Powell's very good. Maybe Batum gets more minutes. I don't know. But the point is you have Powell's out, so their bench should be a bit worse. But Phoenix has everyone except for Durant, Payne, and Shamit. Phoenix has been surging a bit lately. Chris Paul turned back the clock last game, had 19 assists. Uh, Clippers have been playing better lately, though. They've had a yeah. hard time of closing out games in the fourth quarter, so that is a bit of a concern. Uh, I'll ask you here. Suns have won the first two meetings by 16-plus points. 
The Clippers have scored exactly 95 points in each of the first two meetings this season. You have any thoughts on this game? Man, I love Phoenix here. I, I think every I think every time I'm, I'm on the show, Phoenix is is like one of my best picks. Um, I, I just I like how how they're playing. I loved how they were playing before they got Durant. Um, even with even with Booker out, I seen them trending up, and then they got Booker back a little earlier than expected. So some of those guys can go back to their their lesser roles. And I think that time that Booker was out, that it kind of gave those younger guys confidence because they're going to have to play big in the um, in the playoffs because mostly they, they Wayne short, Wright and Craig have gotten yeah, a big wrong lane. Yeah, they, they have a short bench, and even Landale to a certain extent has been playing extremely well in that backup role for uh, for Sarge. So I, I like the Suns here, uh, six and four ATS last ten. They are seventeen and twelve ATS at home. Um, they're on fire from both ends of the court, under uh, one hundred and ten points allowed in three of the last five games. Um, the offense has picked up with Booker being back. Obviously, is what you would expect from a, a prolific scorer like Booker. Um, but the Clippers have been playing better offensively as well. They're averaging 120.4 points per game the last five. Uh, three of the last five went over, and that's kind of shocking to a, a Clipper team who you know plays at a slower pace, and they play more half-court, and they want to get those guys in those half-court sets. 17-16 ATS on the road. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's, gonna, I think it's a, a great game uh, to end the, to end the, um, the first part of the season. Uh, I won't say half because it's like two thirds, but I still don't get the All Star break. How we're already sixty games. The Clippers have already played sixty games. Like right. I don't, I don't know why we have a break here, but whatever, doesn't matter. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean the Suns, like from from an eye test and metrics uh, standpoint, uh, they're they're trending up. I mean they're going to be a bet on team for me going forward, especially with Booker and KD healthy. I mean obviously I'm not you know splitting the atom, uh, but Clippers seventh in defensive rebounding, Phoenix sixth in offensive rebounding. So both teams have some kind of advantage on either offensive end. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who wins that battle. Ultimately, I think that the Suns at home in uh, a pretty good spot. I think they get a big win here. Um, I also want to maybe look at the Suns early also because the Clippers tend to start uh, a tad bit slower. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going to be on the Suns and I'll probably be uh, on the first quarter as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Suns as well. It's tough to go against Phoenix in the Valley, but you're looking at the Clippers' last couple of games. I mentioned they've been playing better, but look at the level of competition. They seem to do well against bad teams, and they shrink against good teams. They beat Golden State by 10. Golden State was on a back-to-back. I've said it several times. I don't think Golden State's very good. I'm not writing them off because, you know, the defending champions are waiting for Curry to get back, but they're a 500 team. Like, I don't think Golden State's very good this year. Uh, They lost to Milwaukee. They lost to Dallas. They beat the Nets with nobody besides Cam Thomas, and that game was still a war. Cam Thomas had 40 and change. That game was very close, though. And they beat the Knicks in overtime because they choked away a massive lead, and Batum saved their asses with a, with a buzzer-beater three-pointer sent it to overtime. So the Clippers have been fine. I don't think they've been great. I'm not going to overreact to them beating the Warriors when they were on a back-to-back and Curry's not playing. Phoenix is just a good team. Like They've, they've woken up. They really took care of Sacramento easily. Uh, Aiden had a big game. I mentioned Chris Paul having a bunch of assists. Booker looked comfortable, scored 32 points. But Sacramento's a good team. I think they're going to regress in the second half uh, just because they don't guard anybody for Sacramento, and the offensive numbers have kind of cratered a bit. But Phoenix really ne- – that game was never in doubt for Phoenix. It just felt like they were controlling it the entire way, and I do think that Phoenix at home being 20-9 and nine is definitely a good trend to back – Give me Cleve, uh, give me uh, the Suns money line here. I'll take the Suns in the Valley. This line seems a little bit short. I do want to ask 
uh, though, about the Clippers team total under because I basically alluded to it when I mentioned that the Clippers have scored 95 in each of the first two meetings this season. Then again, I can't even keep track of who is playing in those games for the right. Clippers. Yeah. But yeah. You have any thoughts on the team total under here? Because I am impressed that Phoenix kind of put the claims down against Sacramento. Yeah, I do like um, – I, I like the under in the game. Um I don't hate the the Clippers team total, but my fear is that I mean they've been rolling offensively. They're they're really not an offensive team, and obviously those numbers, like you said, are kind of uh, it's kind of noise in in a lot of them because you don't know who's in and out of the lineup. But as of late, at full strength, they they've been playing very well offensively. But I think the Suns can combat that with some with some good defense. Um, like I said, seventeen of the twenty nine home games for the Suns have went under. Um, I think they do a really good job of of defending the rim. The Clippers, you know, they like the, the, the rim and the mid-range is, is where the Clippers live at. So I think they could do a good job at defending that. I don't hate it. Uh, I just like the under in the game uh, a little bit better. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I am going to look quickly at the actual scores that the Clippers have had against the Suns. 95-95, uh, 113, 96-86, 111-101. So they've only gone over this number once what? in the last seven meetings. And they went over by a point and a half. So historically speaking, the Suns have done pretty well defensively against the Clippers. I think I have to like the under anyway for the Clippers because Norman Powell has been their third best player this season. Right. Powell's been yeah. really good. And with him out of the lineup, that, that bench unit, which is a strength, I'm still not sold on Phoenix's bench and all. But that means you need Kwai or Paul George or both to go nuts because Powell's a microwave and give you 25 points in 25 minutes and you don't have that luxury anymore. Yeah, unless Bones, uh, you know, is hitting the shots. That's a dangerous game when you give Bones a bunch <laughs> yeah, of minutes. Is. Is, especially <laughs> if you bet an under. If you bet yeah, an under, is. you don't want to see Bones Highland on the court. Yeah, it but is. Seriously. Are you pivoting to anybody else with Powell being out? Are you looking more for, like, Terrence Mann? To be yeah, I do like I do like Terrence Mann. I don't see any of his props out. Uh, I don't know if you see him at all. Uh, I don't think I see any props right now, but he is starting, allegedly. So yeah. Yeah, I, he should I like be because they got rid of Reggie Jackson. So... Yeah. Uh, what does he have? I see nine and a half points. Oh yeah, I will go over that. I got to go over that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'll expecting man to play a lot of minutes, especially with yeah. how uh, Booker is, of course, a flamethrower, and we know that the Suns have a bunch of wings that they can rotate between. Man should be on the court for a lot of this game. Yeah. And I'm just trying to look at his last couple of games. He had 16 points against the Warriors, had 10 against Milwaukee, had 21 against Dallas, 12 against Brooklyn, 12 against the Knicks. So he's had 10-plus points in five straight games. I think it's a good spot for a man. Nine and a half seems very low for a guy that should probably play north of 27 minutes. Yeah, maybe they have a big game where they're probably going to put Terrence Mann on, on Booker and let uh, Kawhi and Paul George kind of you know rest off for the offensive end. So, I mean, I can kind of see the logic in the number, but I still think it's a little bit too low, though. Yeah, that number just – that should be like – in my opinion, 11 and a half or so. I want to quickly pull up his numbers against Phoenix, though. Maybe historically he hasn't done much. Then again, it might be misleading because he yeah, might he just have not played many minutes. Yeah. Uh, but to look at, uh, well, I got playoff numbers. Uh, playoff numbers against the Suns, 9, 8, 12, 12, 4, and 5. Okay. Not you know, I, unfortunately, I don't have regular season numbers. Let me just pull this up if I could find it. Uh, he's played nine games against the Suns in the regular season. Uh, he had 22 points last meeting. Uh, he had 22 and 11. Uh, he has 22, 9, and 10 in his last three games. The one with nine in it, though, he only played nine minutes. And he had nine points. So I think Terrence Mann's got to be the move here. I think nine and a half is way too low. 
Terrence is going to be the man. Yeah, but anything else you want to add here? I feel like we kind of see eye to eye here. Do you want to make a case for Chris Paul double-double? Do you want to make a case for assists? Booker threes, maybe an Aiton um, game? What are you looking at? I, I, I like Aiton a lot, man. Um, Aiton has been – I think that he's been the key to the success going – like when they started trending up, I think he's been the key to that. Uh, he gets a, a little bit of a bad rap. I mean, of course, him in the front office and the head coach don't see eye to eye. And, you know, him and Chris Paul sometimes getting like shouting matches on the sideline whenever they cut to the they cut to the sideline real quick before the commercial. I just see Chris Paul like cursing Aiden out, like looking up to him, cursing him out like a fucking a dwarf to a giant. But mm-hmm. uh, but Aiden points and rebounds over 32 and a half. He's went over the last four or five. And I mentioned he's been more involved in the offense. Uh, he's averaging, you know, 15 or more shots. Well, he's put up 15 or more shots in uh, four of the last five games. I mean, and it's no coincidence they've been trending up uh, when he gets those touches. Uh, he's had a double-double. He's had five double-doubles in the last six games. Uh, the Clippers don't defend the rim well, so he should, you know, clean up on the glass. I see David is with me uh, on that. So, yeah, man, I, I like uh, I like Aiton here. I don't hate the Chris Paul stuff. I just – it's kind of like – you kind of got to pick a spot, so Chris Paul. This might be, a, you know, against his former team. This might be a, a decent spot, but not sure on Chris Paul. But I do love DeAndre Ayton tonight. Um, maybe Devin Booker threes also. Um, he's – I don't know if you if you watched a lot of Suns um, since he's been back, but he's kind of like timid going to the rim, so he's more so outside shooting, you know, threes and mid-range jumpers. Um, it's also non. It's not all ISO stuff. He's also kind of coming around screens every now and then to get. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that and, and that's that's how a lot of that's how a lot of uh, points of getting scored by Aiden. I mean, he's diving to the rim. Uh, you know, yeah, he is soft. I mean, but you know, Aiden is a soft player, but yeah. you have to acknowledge he's still productive finesse, most finesse. of the time. Let's say he's finesse. a finesse big man most of the yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, sometimes and I think that's where that's where a lot of people are frustrated with him. Um, to a certain extent, Chris Paul wants him to just rim run. Like, yeah, he never he never bumps the damn ball. Yeah, so I mean, but he's been effective in doing what he does. I, I don't think I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap, but I mean, I like he's still years, a so. good player. You just yeah. want I mean, he's, to 19, he's nineteen. He's nineteen and ten in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he has a he's still man. a good player. You yeah. just want him to realize that he's like two hundred and fifty pounds and he can dunk on people when he wants. He just chooses not to. But either way, <laughs> eight and All Star snub game. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna go that far. But still, <laughs> I think I think Aiden might be in line for a good game, but we'll see. Um, anything else you want to add here, or should we just nah, wrap dude. it up with Lock and Dog? Yeah, oh, I know we uh, mentioned the Suns first quarter, 32-27 ATS in the first quarter. Yep, and against a rival at home, I definitely don't mind that angle. I am gonna look for, uh, by the way, that man PRA, which was mentioned by Jake. He said 16 and a half. I don't even see it on any of the books I'm looking at, but maybe you can find yeah, it. I don't see shore. any. I don't see any man props because that was the first. That was one of the first. I found nine and a half of points. That that I did find. If you do want to make a case for PRA uh, to go through the last couple of games, uh, 27, 18, 28, 21, uh, 17. But once again, with uh, with Powell being out, you might see a bit of a boost in minutes for man. So maybe on that. But I like the points. I just feel like nine and a half is too low. Uh, once again, though, you have anything you want to add, or should we just wrap it up? Uh, no, nah, uh, I think we pretty much hit it on. I think we probably got the same lock and dog, unless you're going to pivot to a, a player prop. Or, I think we're going to have the same lock. Uh, mm-hmm. The question is what we're going to do from there. But uh, for action into the lock and dog, I do want to briefly talk about WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to play, including live betting and same-game parlays. Maybe you see the Bulls up by 20 tonight, and you know they're going to choke the lead again. Maybe you want to live bet Milwaukee. Who knows? But you can live bet on win bet 
Uh, they also have the same game parlays from WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Great promos, odds, and pads are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get an additional $100, no questions asked. Limited state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's someone to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportscampodcast.com slash winbet. So then always send you the sportscampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Term conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so Delonte, I believe this is the first time that we've done the show by ourselves. So I don't know who's supposed to go first. I'm going <laughs> to let you go first. Uh, what is your lock for the show? Yeah, man, I like uh, Phoenix. Uh, I think we both went over. We literally just went over it. Good spot at home. So we are not going to have the same lock. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, man, uh, good spot for them at home um, against a good opponent. They usually perform well against against good teams. Uh, Clippers, I think, going to start off a little bit slower than than what they want to, and they're not going to be able to climb back in the game against a good team who, who plays a lot of good defense. So, Do you agree that Powell's their third best player? Because it feels that way, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would probably so, vote for him to win sixth man if I had to vote. So. Yeah, well, I, I hope you do have a vote because I got a big ticket on him. So let's hope, let's hope so. I know you have a big ticket on him. Munaf has a big ticket on uh, Maxi. I'm not sure if Maxi's going to get it because he missed about yeah. a month or so. Yeah, no, but, so either. And you have Brogdon who always gets hurt. So yeah. I think Powell would be my pick if I had a choice. Yeah, so uh, and Russell's not playing, you know, so. Tragic. But uh, but yeah, I like the Suns here, man. A good spot. Uh, I think they get it done. Love how they've been playing as of late. Uh, I'm I'm a Suns truther, I guess you could say. So, uh, give me the Suns laying a short number at home. I think this. I think it should go off a maybe like two and a half, three, if I'm not mistaken. So just be on the lookout for that. I think it'll probably move to two. Uh, you also have to wonder if the Clippers decide to send Kawhi or Paul George home early for vacation. So mm-hmm. that is always a possibility with the Clippers. But the Suns at home, I don't definitely mind that play because they've been so good in the Valley all year long. And historically, they've been good against the Clippers. So my lock's going to be stealing your play. I'm going to Zuckerberg you. I'm going to (laughs) take the first quarter over 57 in that Wizards and Timberwolves game. You mentioned all the stats and all the trends. I believe somebody in the chat said the last 10 games between these teams have gone over. That's the full game, not the first quarter. I haven't double-checked that, but I'm going to take your word for it. But I do think the first quarter seems a bit low. Both these teams rank in the top five in points per game in the first quarter. And 57 does seem short. Give me the over in the first quarter of that Timberwolves and uh, Wizards game. Uh, I do want to look briefly at the first quarter of that first meeting. I know each quarter had 63-plus points, and that's why the game landed 269. Mm-hmm. But the first quarter of that first meeting had 71 points. Uh, give me the over 57 as my lock. And for my dog, I really, really wanted to take a Terrence Mann prop, but I don't see a plus money play on it. If it was like 10 plus points at even money, I would easily take that as my dog. But uh, but unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to see that. So uh, let me just quickly check if I could find anything. Minus 125. Damn it. Uh, you can <laughs> get Terrence Mann, though, at 15 plus points at 4 to 1 if you want to just go crazy with it. So mm-hmm. you could go... Uh, Maddie knows Zuckerberg allegedly stole the idea from the Winklevoss twins. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that, watch the social network. Good movie, but anyway, great movie, great, great movie. movie. I've probably seen it like 10 times. Great, yeah, movie. me too. Yeah, it's a great yeah. movie. Either way, uh, looking at my dog now, I got to pivot. You know what? I'm gonna go with uh, the same game 
in that Minnesota and a Wizards game. Give me Hingus Pingus 25 plus points. I'm going to take him uh, at, I believe it was plus 120 from what I said before. Yeah. He had 41 in the first meeting. It was mentioned before in the chat that Minnesota has been horrible against the point guards and against the power forwards, which is a problem because you know that Washington is going to run every pick and roll with Porzingis. But looking at the actual uh, recent games for Porzingis, he's been very good. And when healthy, he's a good player, but people forget that because he's always hurt. But to look at the games here, 28-34, He's been very good. You can make a case for 30-plus if you want to go for an even a bigger plus-money play. But I do think Beal could have a big game, too. So I'm going to go with Porzingis, 25-plus points at plus 120. It has to be a bargain when you're getting plus money, and he scored for a 40-piece in the first meeting this season. Yeah. So give me Porzingis over 20, over 24.5 points at plus 120. Yeah, uh, for my dog, I like the Wizards. I'm going to stay in the same game. Um, I think the Wizards have been playing really well offensively. Uh, defensively, they, you know, a little bit under a little bit under uh, average, but still I think they'll have enough to, to withstand some of the Anthony Edwards runs, and especially if Gobert and uh, Kyle Anderson are out. Uh, I think I think they get it done here. Uh, I think they'll cover the number. I think they'll win out, outright. A uh, good team on the road. Um and like I said, they've dominated uh, the last five meetings, one and covered five straight. So yeah, I like the I like the Wizards here as my dog. Okay, uh, so yeah, we got a lot of action on that Timberwolves and Wizards. Yeah, right, you're right. Keep an eye on it, which is kind of ironic because it's the only game not on national TV. Right, might be intentional because national TV game seems like every star player sits. So that's yeah, that's a problem they got to fix. But either way, uh, I'll be back again tomorrow with Terrell to go through some All Star Weekend stuff. Um, we'll have some odds on the three-point contest, the slam dunk contest, the uh, yeah, the all-star game, of course, all-star MVP. We'll see what happens. But besides that, though, uh, Delonte, anything you want to say before we officially wrap up? Uh, nah, man. Good luck to everybody, um, especially this weekend. I got an article I'm going to do on uh, on all-star weekend, just just some a few picks from, from the weekend. Uh, other than that, so be on the lookout for that. Other than that, man, chat was great today. It, this is probably the liveest I've seen them all, all by month, past few months that I've been on. So uh, shout out to them. By the way, Delonte does a nice job wrapping up, but I'm a bit disappointed. Just a little, uh, some notes for the future. Always include the Twitter handle. Yeah, there we go. Piece of trivia. Where can they find you on Twitter? XX. L-O-N-T-E-X-X uh, on Twitter. Uh, pretty active up there also. Um, in the Discord also, you know. So if you want to find me there, uh, you can you know follow me or DM me, whatever. If you got some bits, some uh, inside information, I'm always available. <laughs> and Maddie wants to know where they can find the article. I'm assuming it's going to be on the SGP website. Yeah, yeah, it will. Um, honestly, I gotta. I don't want to bother him enough. No, he's on vacation. Uh, but he's usually the one who, uh, who I send my article to. So I'll, I'll send him a message and see. Um, how soon it'll be posted, or if he's going to edit or, or what? So if you need me as a backup guy, I I can help you with that. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, so um, yeah, but I'll I'll have it done today, and I'll have it sent out to him. And I guess maybe if he if he's like not busy, I guess he'll do it. If not, I think he'll pivot maybe to you or whoever. Yeah. yeah. Well, either way, I don't mind. So you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. Besides that, I'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, besides uh, that podcast, I'll be doing another tennis podcast or two over the weekend. A lot of tournaments going on in tennis. Uh, especially with the All-Star break coming up. You might want a sport to bet on XFL starting, I believe, on either Saturday or Sunday. I know that the SGPN squad does have a very 
solid XFL gambling podcast. So if you didn't realize SGP has podcasts on everything, everything except cricket, I think, which is probably in the works at some point, but a lot of podcasts, NASCAR, I mentioned before, a lot of stuff to gamble on. Also have, of course, the MMA podcast. If you want to bet on some UFC fights, but until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.